Why, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. Hey, Suzanne, how are you? Good morning, Michelle. I'm doing okay. We're up bright and early this morning. We are. I got the time wrong. I thought you said let's record at 8 a.m. and you actually said 9 a.m. So I hope you've had your coffee. (laughs) Well, I'm drinking it now. So when you hear me slurping, you'll know what it is. Well, fair enough. I'll just say that I did get up early here in Havasu and go for a walk and it was already 86 degrees at 6 a.m. I know it's so hot. (laughs) I'm sizzling. (laughs) I bore skin. Yeah. Yeah. So well. Yeah, but I'm bright and early also and so excited to talk to you because it's been a bit. It has been a bit. Yeah, we've both been on the road again. And yeah, I think we have a lot of catching up to do. We do. I just got back from a road trip to South Dakota and you are making your way back from Alaska to Arizona. I am. I was, I, yep, I've been in Alaska for I was in Alaska for a week and a half, and then I'm now headed to my niece's high school graduation in Spokane, and then from there, I'll be back in hot, hot, hot Arizona. Well, you had to love Alaska this time for at least the weather. I heard that it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It was, I mean, I've never, I never remember a stretch of good weather, (laughs) like that in my entire life. I mean, I know we had them. They usually come a little bit later in the year, but holy cow, perfect weather from, and they had had perfect weather like for a week and a half before I got there. And then it's been a week and a half of perfect weather. So unbelievable. So I have to ask the the big question, are you ready now to move back to Alaska, at least for the summer months? I know. No, okay. Michelle, are you crazy? What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, I mean, there's no lie. Alaska is beautiful in the summer when you get weather like I just experienced. I mean, there's nothing better. But I also know enough about Alaska to know that it usually doesn't last. And yeah, I'm sure that there will be a lot of rainy, cold days ahead. Just not for you. Right. Because you'll be under the um, hot sun of Arizona, yep. the desert the ex- heat. Yep, the excessive heat of Arizona. Yeah, well, I just, as I was saying, was just in South Dakota. Rob and I chose to do a road trip from Lake Havasu over to South Dakota, where we dropped our dogs off for some additional training. And I guess I'm so used to a Havasu morning and how warm it is. I forgot that across the country while it gets warmer in the afternoon, the mornings can be a little chilly. So my packing sucked. There's no other way to put it. (laughs) I'm right there with you. I knew we were having good weather in Anchorage. And so I threw in my shorts. I had sleeveless shirts, which I was able to use, but same thing. But in Anchorage, I really forgot that it is cold <laughs> in the mornings. And but there's no air conditioning. So in the afternoon, when the sun is really at its warmest, you open up all your windows and you let the fresh air in to cool things down. And then <laughs> we would leave our windows open overnight. And I'd wake up and it my house would be like an ice cube. It's like this is stupid cold. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was pretty crazy. Yeah. It's all about finding the right balance there with no air conditioning. So, okay. Oh, well, right. I'm going to jump right into our topic today because while we were traveling, we had a couple customer service experiences that were really kind of disheartening and kind of going to call these locations out, although I don't know if I should say their names, but I think the first experience you're going to 100% be able to relate to because you've been telling me for years that you don't even use this company anymore because of the service or lack of service you've received. And the other one, oh, I'm just kind of curious. I bet guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can guess if you want to be the person to say the company, you can, you can say it or we can just okay, say. Okay, well, I'm going to yeah, I'll let you tell the story because I don't want to falsely accuse anyone of bad customer service. Okay. Well, there is a car rental company here in town. <laughs> they I knew, are, I knew yeah, it. yeah, they are nationally known. They're a car rental company that we use all the time. And I will say 90% of the time we have a really good experience with them. But this particular time last week, we did not. And I'm still kind of reeling from it. And I'm actually really surprised at how calm, cool, and collected Rob remained because they were pushing my buttons. And I'm usually the one that it takes a little longer to get going. I mean, he was upset, but he held it together. Right. But anyhow, if it's okay, I'll okay, just jump so into the tell. story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, please do. Okay, so again, we're getting ready to go on this road trip from Lake Havasu, Arizona to South Dakota. We are going through on this trip, California, Nevada, Utah, uh, Wyoming, and then into South Dakota. And a lot of those places are hot, especially in the afternoon, which we already talked about. Right. So Rob picks up the rental car in the morning and I had an appointment until about one. So we plan to leave have a Sue at two o'clock in the afternoon. And we load up everything into this rental car. Our two dogs mm -hmm. in their kennels, mm -hmm. luggage, cooler, <laughs> everything we might need on this road trip. We start going down the road and the vehicle has no air conditioning. And I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, we got two miles down the road and Rob's like, well, maybe when we're on the freeway, it'll get going and it'll kick the air conditioner on. No, it did not. So it wasn't gonna work. So we drive back up to the car rental company. Again, we have everything packed and including our two dogs and Rob goes in to handle it. And we can't sit in the car, it's too hot. So I have to get my dogs out on their leashes and we're standing outside. Well, then we can't stand outside any longer because this is taking forever. So I have to go inside with the dogs on leashes and property, which they did very well, but still, it's just very uncomfortable, chaotic. They're oh, pulling. Yeah. It was horrible. Rob was second in line. Now the person in front of Rob had an issue because he returned a card to this location and he got something from the national office saying, we're gonna charge you for the whole price of this car because you never returned it. And so they were trying to locate this car. So we still- Oh! Like, I know, right? Wouldn't you love waking up to that notice <laughs> that you're right. gonna have to pay for this car that you returned? Yeah. So the guy was pissed, but he was holding it together. But that issue took about 45 minutes to resolve. So we are standing there. It's now 2.45, 2.50. And uh. they finally get to us. 
Of course, she has to take the keys and go and, of course, confirm the air conditioner is not working and get us another vehicle that's of appropriate size to take what we need to take with us. So right. she gives Rob the keys. We're set to go. Rob pulls the car around and he is livid. He is so incredibly mad because oh, oh no, they did not clean the car. And in the back seat of the car, it looked like chipmunks had eaten peanuts and thrown debris all over the car. Oh. As Rob said, it looked like someone had been like shot in the head and all like the fluids from the head were on the, the head rests <laughs> and stuff. It was just disgusting. So he oh, calls. so funny. I know. He calls the lady out to ask her, like, is this typically how you rent cars like this? She's like, well, you said that I could give you any car and you would be happy with it. You just wanted to get on the road. And Rob's like, oh, no, I want a car that's clean because what's going to happen when I turn it in in the other location and they see this, they're going to think we made this mess. We didn't make it. And she's like, well, I'll vacuum it for you. And Rob's like, just get me another car. And she's like, well, I don't think the system will let me make another change yet. And Rob's like, well, check it out. See if you can make another change. Well, now it's after three o'clock. So she goes in and she does not want to make this. Yeah, she does not want to make this change for us. So she comes back out and she goes, you know what? I've already offered to clean this car for you. And she goes, and before I do, I just want to let you know, you're going to have dogs in the car. So if they find dog hair, they're going to charge you $100 for your dogs. And I'm thinking, okay, little girl, because she was younger. Uh And I'm thinking, and I'm giving her that grace, like she hasn't learned customer service. I'm thinking our dogs are in a kennel. Like they're both inside a kennel. They're staying inside the kennel. They're not roaming freely through this car. And seriously, after getting a car that looks like this, you're going to suggest that that could be an issue. So anyhow, Rob's still kind of holding it together. But then, you know, she just would not help us. And she looked at Rob and myself and said, you know what? It's now after 3.30. Our office closes at three and now I'm getting irritated with you. So we need to resolve this. And Rob said, take the cars back. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Rob's like, take them back. I don't care. Take them both back. We don't want the one without the air conditioner. We don't want this filthy mess that like, I don't know who was killed in it, what kind of animals were set free in it. I will stand here with my wife, my two dogs, and I'll wait until my in-laws can come pick us up and take your cars back. She's like, fine, whatever you want to do. So she went in, she locked the door. So we're standing outside until my parents can get there. I cannot believe that. I know, I know. It was so ridiculous. So we stand, and my parents were very quick. They didn't, you know, dawdle around and they live pretty close. So while we're standing there, Rob, who, again, I'm giving him all the credit in the world because he is holding it together much better than I thought he would be. Like, I'm the one melting down Mm -hmm. a little bit. He goes, I'm going to write an onion in the paper, which is kind of have a Sue's version of things you're unhappy with. Like, oh, you go, Rob. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's a really good way to approach it. You know, put it out there and just say, I'm unhappy with this behavior. So we no more than walk through the door 
and Rob gets a bill for $143 for a one-day car rental that we didn't even have one day that we had to return and they couldn't resolve the problem and got snarky with us. So yeah, that experience was absolutely horrible. And he only got it resolved just this morning. When I got back from my walk, he was on the phone with customer service again, trying to get that charge taken back and launch a complaint. man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know me. I've been saying it for years. (laughs) Avis is the worst (laughs) car rental service on the planet. And their stupid ad on TV that says we try harder is bullshit. (laughs) And I'm just putting it out there because... I jumped ship from them two years ago because I was so fed up with the service that I was getting from them that it was like, this just worth it to me. Just, I mean, I cannot, I have a bad experience every single time. Right. And as I said, starting this out, 90% of the time, I have a really good experience. It's in and out. The cars are clean. But in this particular location on that particular day... I didn't. And so what are we going to do? What happened downstream? Well, we're obviously not getting to St. George, Utah that night, which is how far we had planned to drive four and a half hours. So we lost a night lodging. They wouldn't refund us that. So $300 out the window for the hotel we were going to stay in. Right. And then it put pressure on the next two days because we had to make up that four and a half hours. So what was supposed to be no more than an eight hour drive each day, the first day was... (sighs) 11 hours, the next day was nine hours. And then we kind of caught up to where we were supposed to be, but we're exhausted. We're so freaking tired. Yeah. I know. Well, and yeah, and so uncalled for, so unnecessary. It just, well, okay, so now that you mention it, I had to rent a car in um, Alaska, which I'll explain later. So I have jumped ships and I went to a different car rental um, company. They were out of cars. It's hard to rent a car in Alaska. They don't have enough inventory. And everyone who's coming to Alaska seems to need a car. But I found a car with Avis. And, you know, I'm a preferred member. And no one's special. Just have my preferred membership, which usually means you can go straight to your car. Unless you're me, because I always have to go to the preferred counter for whatever reason. But so I rented a car and I go to the car rental place at the airport. And there is no preferred counter in Anchorage, Alaska. You have to go stand in line. You can't go straight to your vehicle. You have to stand in line. And same thing, I had two people in front of me, both had issues with their cars. So I stood there for 40 minutes <laughs> waiting my turn. And when one guy left, the woman looked up at me and she said, I'll be with you in just a minute. Now, that being said, she was very, very nice. And and I said, well, don't you have a preferred counter I can just go to? And she goes, no, we're franchised. You have to stand in line like everyone else. <laughs> I'm just like, Ugh. so, okay, fine. And then, so they ask me if I'm a resident because my driver's license is Anchorage, Alaska. And I said, I am a resident of Alaska. I, you know, I have a residence in Arizona, a residence here. Or I didn't even say that, but. 
um, she said, okay, well, I need proof of insurance. And it's like, what do you need, mean you need proof of insurance? Since when? She said, well, in Alaska, if you're a resident and you rent a car, you have to show proof of insurance. And I said, what are you talking about? And so she said, well, ma'am, I can't rent the car to you. And I said, well, I have an address in Arizona as well. Will that work? And she said, oh, yes, it will. So she put in my Arizona address and off I went. But then they take video of the vehicle <laughs> as you're pulling out to record any current damage so they can charge you for any new damage when you return the vehicle. <laughs> and that took another 30 minutes because the first time she did the video, she didn't have her camera on. <laughs> so she had to take a second video. Okay. Yep. I had that same bad experience at the Anchorage airport with them trying to rent a car when Cameron and his friends were in town last year and they needed right. that proof of insurance. And I'm like, I've been standing in this line a really long time and I don't have it with me. It's in my car. My car's in the parking garage. Well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And I luckily I said, will you take a picture of it because Cameron was in the car. So I just had Cameron take a picture of the card to send to me. Right. But they're like, you wouldn't believe how many residents don't return the cars. And I'm thinking, I'm not keeping your yard. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's just a small little <laughs> car that we have to use for transportation because we only have one car in Anchorage and they wanted to you know, see the state, go to Kenai, go to, so anyhow, it doesn't matter, but same thing, same experience. And then the videotape when we left. So I can completely relate to right. what happened to you there. I know. And where else, anywhere, <laughs> when you go to Avis, do you have to present an insurance card? And if you have to do it, then put it on your website. When you're going to rent the vehicle, make sure there's a warning there that says, you must present an insurance card to rent this vehicle in this state. Exactly. I, mean, I was, yeah, so stupid. But, okay, but I do have to say in all fairness to Avis, when I arrived in Seattle, again, I had to do Avis because <laughs> the other company seems to have any cars when I try to rent them. It always comes up. And we have no vehicles available on that day. So I did rent from Avis again when I got to Seattle. And it was so perfect. I got an, a text from Avis when I got off the plane. And it said, your car is your, they said it was a, I think it's a Mitsubishi Outlander, is in space M39, safe travels and have a nice day. <laughs> that was my text. And so I went straight to my car. <laughs> And I drove off, no issues. I thought, this is how it's supposed to be. Yes. So in Seattle, my experience with Davis was perfect. And that's how, as great. you said, so. it's supposed to be. And that's what they strive for. So right. I'm not throwing Avis completely under the bus. I am throwing the customer service here at the Lake Havasu office under the bus. Well, and I'm sorry, but it, it is what it is. If we get poor customer service... We have a right to say we had poor customer service. And without a doubt, that was terrible customer service. So you're entitled to 
throw them under the bus. It is what it is. And I really am trying to give her the benefit of age. Like she's young. She doesn't have a whole lot of customer service experience. But that kind of brings me into my other customer service experience I had on this road trip and the good points that Rob made up. I mean, Ava, that situation was so over the top and obvious and everything. Right. But fast forward a week, Rob and I are in Vegas. We go to a restaurant there and I order an appetizer. And the guy working, the bartender there, because we were sitting up in the bar area watching TV, he said to me, okay, well, that'll be out in about eight minutes. And in my mind, my intuition's like, why did he say that? Because it's never going to be out in eight minutes. So right, it never came out at all. And we had placed our order for our meal. And then our meal finally comes out and it's cold. And so Rob decides to talk to the manager. And I don't like conflict at all. And he was holding it again together very well. He had what happened and he was just sharing it. And he said, Michelle, and my point to this is, he said, Michelle, how is anybody going to know that they have an issue if they're not told that they have an issue? Because he might not have seen all of this going on and they're going to mm-hmm. upset other customers and then maybe the the business won't work. So if there's an issue, why are people afraid to step up and say, I'm upset about this? Like, there's an issue. Yeah. So I guess he that's makes where- a really good point. Right. That, I guess that's where I'm going because he has a really great point. So why was I so uncomfortable when he said something when he really should have said something because it was ridiculous because I'm afraid? I 100% agree. Or I don't like conflict. Well, and, okay. And you know what? It's such a good way to look at it. Okay. So I'm going to give you a customer service story on the flip side. Um, it has to do with my store. Now, when I open my store, my philosophy is I want it to be a happy place. I want you to go into my store. I want you to enjoy yourself. I never want any customer to leave angry, frustrated, or disappointed. And right before I went to Anchorage, and this is totally on me because I am the owner, um, I had a customer come in and she was returning a set of four appetizer plates and the one of the girls in my store she's so professional and she always unwraps the package and she shows these dishes to me and they've clearly been used they were dirty and the woman had used the plates and put them back in the box <laughs> dirty and then was returning them and Ashley said asked me if she could not accept the return and my policy in the store has always been, you know, if they want to return something, they can return it and no questions asked. So I stuck by that and it has haunted me <laughs> because Ashley in my store was 100% right. There is no way I should have taken those plate, those dirty plates back. This woman was taking advantage of me and my small business. And it was stupid that I would say, sure, we'll take these back. And it's haunted me for the last two weeks because it's like, okay, it's one thing to return something to a store. But when 
it's clearly been used and you're trying to get your money back, it's like, that's just flat out rude. And it's like, I'm trying to provide good customer service, but I've thought about exactly what you were saying. Is it just that I don't want to have the conflict with this customer? I don't want to upset her when she's taking advantage of me. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so my policy, my store is going to have to change because of this woman, because she took advantage of me and I let her. So now I have to get more firm with how I treat my customers. They can't return something that's used or broken. <laughs> and Oh, I 100% and- agree with that. And Oh, that's horrible. So she brought out these brand new plates, entertained her guests like, I have really good taste, and then brought them back. She didn't even rinse them off or... Well, she did rinse them off, but there was dried food. I mean, it was clear they had been used. And in my mind at the time, I was like, well, I'm not going to make anyone else, any employee of mine, do something that I'm uncomfortable doing. I'm not going to make them have the conflict when I'm not willing to do it myself. And then, so all the last two weeks, I've been, well, like, suck it up, Suzanne. (laughs) It's like, you know, deal with it. You can have conflict with someone when they're wrong, and you should call them out on it. And I've thought about this over and over again. I should have called this woman out on it because if she does it to me, she does it everywhere. She goes, she buys something, she uses it, and then she returns it. And it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, it's one thing to provide good customer service. It's another thing to be taken advantage of. So what was her reason for returning them? Why did she say, I'm bringing these back? She said they were a gift and she did. Well, she said they were a gift and she didn't really care for them. That was her thing. So if someone comes and brings back a gift, they're not going to have a receipt. Usually we do offer gift receipts, but. I, we don't, ex- if someone comes in and says it's a gift and they try to return it, we'll either give them an in-store credit, and w- which we did do. We gave her an in-store credit. We did not refund her money because our system won't let you refund the money without the receipt. So she got an in-store credit. But I also thought to myself, well, I don't want her to do this to us again. If we give her an in-store credit, she's just going to buy something and then return it with a receipt. <laughs> and yeah, there are just people out there that just don't really care. <laughs> and they play the system to their advantage, like that person who goes and right. buys a dress for an event and leaves the tags tucked in and then returns it the next yes. day. Right, exactly. Oh, and gosh. someone's taking advantage of the system. And so anyway, so. No, I'm happy that, you shared um, that, that story. Is- it is a different approach from the um, to the whole topic. Re- Right, from the retailer's side or the establishment mm-hmm. side. But yeah, I don't know why I'm so afraid of speaking up and causing a scene. I, I mean, what happened was wrong. I mean, it was it life ending? Was it going to change trajectory of my day? Right. It kind of did because then, you know, we're both kind of in bad moods <laughs> about it. But right. Yeah, I, I should feel comfortable when service is not adequate to calmly say. Right. I didn't agree with this and this is why, but right. why do I not? I don't like conflict. Right. Well, and I, right. And that's, and that's my issue too. It's like, why would I not have that interaction with this customer? Why 
wouldn't I do that? I absolutely should do that because it's unacceptable when you have, and Rob is right. If you don't point it out, how will they ever know? <laughs> you exactly. know, it's like, yeah, it's a learning experience. We can look at it as a learning experience. So yeah, there you have I it. I just need to like, I was going to say, <laughs> grow a pair because I can't think of another thing, but I just really need to <laughs> step into right. my own personal right. voice and just be able to put that out there without being afraid of hurting someone's feelings. Because again, you don't know, right? you don't grow. If you right. Right. get the privilege of right. that, then okay. you can learn from it. Yeah. So I have another angle and this isn't customer service. This is just politeness. <laughs> And, okay. I like politeness. I was, okay. So, and, you know, maybe I, I come from a different generation, <laughs> I realize, but, and just for the record, I was in Anchorage. I went to buy, to, buy a, a lighting fixture for my son's house. And the woman asked me <laughs> if I qualified for their senior discount. Which was, and I said, well, how old do you have to be to have a senior discount? She said 65. So I realized that she's looking at a woman who could possibly be 65. You know, it's not like I look younger than I am. Clearly, I look older than I am. <laughs> so when I'm traveling by myself, here's the deal. I'm on the airplane and this young guy gets up. And basically blocks me from getting when the plane lands and we have to, you know, get off the plane. He wants to get off before me. And so he gets in front of me and then I can't reach my bag to get it down. And he's watching me and does he, he doesn't offer to help. And, and I've always said to myself, you know, if I'm going to do a carry on bag, if I can't live lift it and get it over my head by myself, then I don't, I shouldn't be carrying that heavy of a bag. So I never expect anyone to help me with my bag. But I did think, okay, buddy, <laughs> you're like 25. And not only are you blocking me, you're not offering to help me. <laughs> and I'm like, this is really rude. And so anyway, fast forward, I'm getting onto the rental car shuttle. And there are these two guys who are clearly in the military one's a younger kid again 25 27 the other guy and I, as we were driving I was thinking okay he's the older gentleman he was maybe 40 but a little more experienced probably the I don't know what you call him the leader <laughs> and he was just escorting this younger guy so I get on the bus put my suitcase on and when the bus stops the young kid jumps up in front of me, grabs his bag and gets off the bus. The older guy stops, lets me go first, and then asks if he can help me with my bag. And I'm thinking, is this a generational thing? Have we just raised a bunch of cads who don't know what politeness is, who can't recognize that a woman in her 60s is trying to get off the bus and so instead of waiting for me, they jump in front of me so they don't have to wait for me. And not only do they not have to wait for me, they don't want to help me. And it wasn't just me because there was a 
another couple, older couple, older than me, fortunately, that got on. There's no seats on the bus. So this older couple, probably 75-ish, have to stand on the shuttle bus. And it's kind of that mentality of first come, first serve. Well, I got here first, so I get the seat. And the 75-year-old couple is standing, holding on to the rope. And there were probably 10 people in there on that bus in their 20s that probably would have been a lot more comfortable standing than this older couple. Such good And I points. thought, have we raised a generation of cabs that don't understand politeness, that don't understand, well, chivalry would be a, you know, it's kind of a male word, but just can't recognize that it's not all about you. <laughs> you know, it's like, can we just find some level of, um, yeah, politeness in our world where we're treating each other the way we would like to be treated? Exactly. No, I'm on a hundred percent agreement that I, I would still get up if I saw that couple standing. I would get up and say, "Do you want to sit here?" Because that's how right. I was raised to be courteous. Or if someone needed help getting their bag overhead, I'm very quick to mm-hmm. can I help you get that up there? So yeah, it's just sad right. to think that that and, could be lost. Right. And I thought about that with my own sons. I thought, did I raise my sons well enough that they would do that, that they would offer their seat and they would help someone with their bags if they needed help? I think that I raised them that way. But and I've seen them do that for other people. But I do have to think, or did I raise them to be self-absorbed where it's all about them? you know, and they don't recognize when someone else needs help. And they have, you know, my mom, their grandma, they have that person in their life where they regularly have to help her just, you know, because she's older. And so maybe just having that person in their life all the time helps them recognize that they need to do this. I'm pretty comfortable (laughs) in saying that my boys, I've seen them be chivalrous and I've seen them be polite in that way. And I do believe that that extends to everything that they do. I mean, I think I'm not there with them every step of the way, right. but I, I do believe that they recognize that. So, right. Well, wood. and we can only hope. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. how I, right. That's how I feel about my boys. Well, and my daughter and my son-in-law, it's like, and I know my son-in-law is great at, you know, he's one of the most polite men I've met, but I just hope that they have, that they have grown up enough to know that it's not all about them and that they take care of the people around them when they need to. And just for the record, I would have stood up for the couple too, but I was in the back of the bus and they were in the front of the bus. And there were people also standing between me. It would have been awkward for me to stand up and say, hey, would you like my seat? You know, when they're in the front of the bus. So otherwise, I I would have offered them my seat. And I do believe that. I wasn't throwing you under the bus there like you wouldn't (laughs) do it. I was just saying. No. Well, okay. When I was telling my story, I was thinking everyone's out there thinking, why the hell didn't she get up and offer her seat? You know, she's still 15 years younger than they are. So she could. And I would have, I really would have, but there you have it. 
there's my story because it's like, yeah, all of this makes me question. We have so much going on in our world. And it's like, is this because of the what our cultures become that it's all about us? Um, or, you know, and maybe if we brought some of this kindness and generosity back into our lives, that maybe things would start to turn around. And, you know, people it's not all about me. It's about the community around me. The collective. Yeah, definitely. And I am yeah. a strong believer in kindness and letting it show. And we've talked about this in the past in the smallest of ways, because you don't know what little bit of kindness or grace is going to turn a person's whole day around. And then that's going to affect someone else's day and the next person's. And it, it really is a ripple effect. And people just need to remember that mm -hmm. as they approach life, I think. I agree. Yeah, I so. agree. Well, I feel bad, like throwing that car company under the bus. But again, I really will say again, 90% of the time it goes smooth. And it was just a bad customer service experience. So Right. Well, and again, I don't think you should feel bad about throwing them under the bus. They earned that in this particular experience. <laughs> exactly. They earned it. Exactly. And they earned yeah, one bad one bad employee. Yep. One bad employee who's representing the company. If, if no one ever reports them, the company will never know that that's the kind of service they're getting. I know you've seen that show Undercover Boss, but that is, it used to be, I don't even know if it's on anymore, but I used to love watching that show because it's where the CEO of a company would come in and be an employee like at a McDonald's and he'd stand behind the counter and it was his or her way of finding out exactly what's going on at the customer service end of this successful business. And I always thought this is so cool because yeah, you lose sight of that. Right. It really is a brilliant concept and an eye into mm -hmm. the everyday, not just what they want you to see yeah. or to hear about what, you know, all those things exactly. not brought to your attention. So yeah, very exactly. good. Well, Suzanne, it's been really good catching up with you, even if it was like sharing all these customer service experiences that have made me cringe. But I like getting your perspective and I like like pushing that even further out into the collective also. And yeah, we that it's really thought provoking. There's a lot of things that I'm thinking right now. It is. So thank you for that. Well, it was an interesting topic in my opinion. Yes, definitely. And I have so many more interesting topics coming up, but I think today we are out of time. So I guess I'm just gonna say cheers, everyone. Have a good day from both of us. Bye.